This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 51. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hey, it's Ollie. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much for listening. I'm, I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho in the USA today. Um, I never heard of this place until recently, and and yet here I am. It's a very nice place, very beautiful American town, very chilled out, very, very quiet. It's very green as well. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, this is the language learning show that you need to tune into twice a week to keep your motivation going and to get the tips and advice that you need to learn a foreign language to fluency. And I've got something very special for you today, which is a conversation with my friend and fellow polyglot Luca Lampariello and we talk about a very interesting question which is can technology help you learn a language now I'm sure you've all heard of Duolingo, Rosetta Stone, uh, HelloTalk, italki, all these very popular well-known language apps and websites but can they actually help you learn a language it's a fascinating conversation in two halves the first half of the conversation is today, and the second half of the conversation you'll be able to get in the episode on Thursday, episode 52. Before we dive in, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, italki. Of course, I just mentioned them, in, in my opinion, one of the very best language learning websites out there because they connect you with real native speakers. If you'd like to get a free lesson, go to iwillteachyoualanguage.com forward slash free lesson. And without further ado, let's dive into the conversation today with myself and Luca Lampariello. So, Luke, I don't know if you remember, a couple of, uh, must have been a few months ago now, we were having a chat with a couple of, a couple of other people, and the topic came up of, of technology and language learning. And uh, we talked for quite some time about this. And do you remember this little story that you told me about um, one, one evening when you were in Rome and you met a bunch of people who were learning languages? Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> I remember uh, we were talking about the fact that, yeah, well, I went to a bar and then uh, a lot of people actually told me, do you know Duolingo? They were asking me if I knew Duolingo. I said, of course, I, I, I do know Duolingo, but I got to confess that I've never used it. So I was kind of surprised that everybody knows Duolingo. Um, and it looks like it's mainstream right now. So, um, But the thing that I wanted to add is, and once again, I don't know Duolingo because I've never used it. Maybe maybe I, I, I took a look, you know, a peek at it maybe once, but my suggestion is always to use, you know, um, software programs, that's okay, uh, but a lot of people actually, uh, expert language learners told me that they haven't learned much with Duolingo, but what is cool about that is that it gets you hooked, <laughs> like this gamified aspect to language learning, so people, it's like, it's like a game, so people do it all the time, but I believe that language is about, you know, interacting with human beings and talking and, 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 and expressing your ideas. And, you know, at the beginning, probably Duolingo is great to get started, but in the long run, I don't think that's the way to go when, yeah. when you want to learn a language has uh, its limits. I mean, I guess like in this case, for the people that you met, everyone was talking about Duolingo and I guess because it's become such a popular piece of technology and you know, everybody's using it. It's incredibly big. But I guess, like, I mean, it may, it could have, could well have been anything, couldn't it? It could have been Rosetta Stone. It could have been any one of these, these language learning apps or software out there. And so I guess, like, I mean, you mentioned the kind of gamification aspect. And so, well, like, what I wanted to sort of talk about is, like, whether you think that, whether that is really a, 
the big deal here? Like, is it is it the point of technology that it actually gets people, regardless of whether it works or not? Let's leave that aside for a minute. But like, is it really the value of these things that they actually get people studying, whereas they wouldn't be learning languages if it wasn't for those for that software? Oh, it's an interesting question. Um, but I gotta confess that. I don't think so. I mean, to gamify something, I think that in a way it could happen, meaning that, um, for example, my, my friend, my Spanish friend, Berta, told me that she has been speaking a lot of French by using Second Life. Have you ever heard of Second Life? This, this... Yeah, like a, kind of, like a reality game. Yeah, which I would never use, but everybody's different to each his own. And uh, she said that she's been speaking it quite a lot. So it depends. And um, I can't give a... Uh, fit one all, you know, fits fits all um, answer. I just I just can say that in general, uh, what, if something gets you going, well, it's good. The problem is that one one thing is to you know, Second Life is she's already an intermediate or an advanced speaker. I don't remember, but she speaks fluent French, so she's interacting with human beings through technology. So it depends on how you use technology. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, something like Duolingo has its limits because it's something that you do with yourself. You don't, you don't, maybe you can also hear the sound, but it has its limits. Well, if you use technology to actually talk to human beings, well, that's a different thing. But your, your question was about, gamif you know, gamification. If something is gamified and involves interacting with human beings in an engaging way, why not? So it really depends on the kind of, you know, angle you you yeah. you see this and um, and I believe that some things are good some other things are not good and I just want to ask to to add that you know if you have to choose between second life and having a alternative life on a screen and go out and you know have a chat well definitely I would go for the first one yeah. for the for the second for one, the second one yeah. <laughs> for not for the first one yeah. people are going to think I'm crazy like oh yeah. uh, because we we uh, you know already spend a lot of time in front of the screen so but. To answer your question, yes and no, it really depends on your level. I would say that if you're a beginner, I would I would stay away from that. I mean, like either stay away from things like that. Like, no, I'm not saying that Duolingo is bad, or you can use Duolingo on top of something else. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is the question. This is the this is the thing. Like, I mean, obviously, anything that gets people started, that gets people up and running taking their first steps in the language has got to be a good thing, right? I mean, we'd, we, we're all kind of, we'd all support that. And so if, if something like Duolingo gets people, gets people starting, started with a language, then fantastic. I guess the question is, like you say, like, uh, at what point do you, do you leave that behind and, and move on to other things? Or to what extent do you rely on that? Because I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I think a lot of the, a lot of successful, prolific language learners that I know Generally speaking, they don't rely on technology, or they don't base their language learning on on technology. Um, what's been what's your experience been? Well, my experience is, has been the following one: I use technology only to get the material that I'm going to use offline, and I've discovered that you know I've been using more and more resources online, but you know, using something offline helps you with in terms of concentration, uh, you know, proficiency, and even writing things by hand. You know, there's uh, scientific research proving that actually writing things by hand is much better than typing. Um, so what I do, I use technology. Well, first, as far as input is concerned, I use technology to get the material and then use it offline. And it's been like that, I mean, since, well, before I didn't have a choice because I didn't have the internet when I started, for example, learning German. 
or Dutch. But in the last years, what I did, especially, for example, for Chinese, what I did is to get as much material as possible, organize it, plan my time, and then get to it. And, you know, these two, three hours that I spent at night, uh, every night when I was learning Chinese at the beginning, were, uh, you know, uh, priceless. And I think that it would have been much worse if I had spent time, um, you know, trying to look at the same material uh, on the Internet on, in front of a screen. On the other hand, though, for in, as far as output is concerned, um, if I don't have the chance of talking to uh, native speakers here in Rome, like face-to-face, which is actually my favorite option, well, technology in that, in that regard is amazing because you can get them on Skype, and there's a number of things that you can do on Skype. So I have, well, first, I have to thank the people who created Skype. Obviously, now there are many other uh, ways to talk, you know, but I have to thank them because it allows me to work, it allows you to work, it allows to have this conversation, it allows a number of things. And, and, and above all, language exchanges, which are so precious uh, to language learners in general. So, on the one hand, my advice, what I do, and also my piece of advice is, uh, you know, for input, get as much as you can, but, but you know, use it offline because... Uh, your online life is so distracting without you even realizing that. Well, I mean, we have come to realize that it's distracting, but you don't realize how much detrimental that is for your brain. Um, I don't know how many pages you have open here. I have 25. <laughs> you know? I have 26 pages. So I, um, it's, when I'm online, my brain is constantly you know, trying to... Uh, to uh, look at this side and then I'll look at the other side and then somebody yeah. calls me on Skype and then while you talk with that person on Skype you're doing something else it's really difficult to be focused on the computer but when I'm away from the computer everything changes I'm more relaxed you know I use the book it's a different it's a different game it's a different world so my advice input just get the, the internet is an amazing treasure trove for anything but you get it and then get offline print something uh, you know, do whatever you have to do, but don't stay in front of the screen because you already spend a lot of time in front of the screen. And you can actually try it and see how much, how more efficient it is to spend a couple of hours just on a piece of text. And unfortunately, you're going to find out that it's going, it's more and more difficult for you to focus on that piece of text for more, 30 minutes will, will look like, I don't know, three hours because of the internet. And the second one is, to talk to people, the best advice, the best piece of advice would be get a person and talk to them, walk with them, you know, walk with them on, uh, I don't know, on, in, in your city. But if you can't, obviously, because not all the people live in a, in a big European or whatever, in a big city where there's a lot of foreigners, then you can have conversations online. So the, the Internet allows you to do that. Yeah, uh, that's that, inevitable. So I think that the, the, main, the main thing that I take from that, from what you said, is that that kind of use of technology, finding material to listen to or to read or else actually speak to someone, it's kind of a replacement for, for the kind of physical activities, right? It's, it's using the internet to do things that you couldn't otherwise do if, you know, in the real world. Well, and that's very different from, like a, from an app, which is kind of... Because I, th- I think my, my issue with a lot of these a lot of these kind of apps and software is that they try to kind of dumb down the process and, the, and they and they try to kind of make learning quick and easy. Well, and and that for me that plays directly into what you just said about atten- about about focus, right? Because uh, because that this you know this ability to 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 stop and to sit, be calm, and to kind of focus, pay attention to something. I mean, it's a huge deal, isn't it? 
I, I agree 100%. I don't know of anyone who has learned a language to fluency by using Duolingo or whatever app. Uh, I'm not saying that Duolingo is necessarily bad. I'm just saying that you can use it on top of something. If you if you have interact, I mean, like on the, I don't know, it could be on the tube. If you're in London, for example, uh, you can use Duolingo if you want. But I might use my time doing something like, I don't know, reading an article or reading a short, easy text if you're a beginner. But spend time in a different way because... Um, you know, if you, you, there's, I'm not saying that it's necessarily bad, you know, it can, could get you started in language learning, but the problem is that it gets you hooked and then you don't want to go somewhere else because it gives you the impression that, as you said, language learning is easy. It's just a couple of words. You can translate, blah, blah, blah. And then everything else looks like hard work. And you have the impression that, oh no, I have to get a lot, I have to get offline now. I have to focus on a text. Oh my God, you know? Yeah. And, but, and see, but the reality is, have... it is hard work though, isn't it? I mean, and isn't, isn't this part of the problem that, like, so often the technology we find is, is sort of telling people, you, you know, you can, you can be, you can learn a language in five minutes a day, you know, it's really quick and easy. But you're kind of, you're misleading people because it is hard work, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to be able to sit and focus for a long period of time. And I, I just don't know if you can, if, if software and apps is the, is the right platform for doing that because like in, inherent in that is short attention spans, quick wins, you know, instant gratification. All the things that, that you know, from, from my experience is, is what you have to really try and avoid if you want to kind of get inside a language and really, and really learn it. Um. I kind of agree. <laughs> I kind of tend to agree. Um, the only thing I don't agree with, I, I mean, it's, maybe it's a matter of terms. I like more uh, the term smart work in the sense that, um, you know, when people say, oh, language learning is hard work. If you take a look at the overall process, yes, it is hard work. But, but overall, I prefer the word smart work because it's really true that if you focus 30 minutes a day, but you focus on a piece of paper or offline, and actually, you can you can get good results in, in a matter, well, depending on the language, in a matter of months. So if you do it in a smart way, uh, it might not even look like hard work because 30 minutes actually is nothing compared with 24 hours. So in, in general, you, you're right in the sense that learning a language takes a long time. It takes a lot of action. But you can uh, uh, dilute it or dilute it. I don't remember. <laughs> dilute it in a in a for a long in a long period of time. That's going to make uh, that's going to make a difference. In this sense, I believe in smart work. So smart work <clears throat> is getting a, a lot of input, but in a smart way. Planning your time. It's about making your sessions short so that your attention span doesn't uh, doesn't go down that much. And <laughs> stay off. Stay away from these platforms for a little bit. Maybe these platforms might be interesting when you're an intermediate learner and you can spend some time relaxing, you know. But I, I, I would, you know, use a this old book, uh, these old books that are not old, but old people might consider them old-fashioned. But a book like Asimo or Teach Yourself or other books, they're still valid. You is know? that is that old-fashioned? <laughs> Oh, well, I don't know, but some people say, oh, you're starting with books, you know, you don't use yeah. the internet, and, and they, they, they maybe not old-fashioned, but some people might think, oh, my God, I have to now I have to turn off the computer, actually, and I have to get to, uh, I have to hit the book, so to say. And in a way okay, I hope you enjoyed the first half of that conversation with Luca. 
If you'd like to check out more about Luca, then you can go to thepolyglotdream.com, which is his fantastic blog, and loads of stuff on YouTube as well. Just search for uh, Luca Lampariello, and you'll find lots of videos from him. Now, the second part of the conversation will be available on Thursday, or if you're listening to this in the future, the next episode. So you can just go to episode 52, and you'll find it already there waiting for you to, to continue. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, italki, where you can get professional language learning lessons from language learning lessons language lessons from the comfort of your own living room simply go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash start speaking and we've got a great deal there where you can buy one get one free lesson that is and that's about it if you'd like to ask me a question for the show you can you can leave me a voice message which i love to get and you can do that by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash ask that's a-s-k and there's a widget there that you can record a message on your smartphone your tablet and you can, and yeah, and I'll, I'll play it on the show and answer the question for you. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you in episode 52 for the second half of this conversation with Luca.